Praise the Lord, everybody. It's good to be back teaching again. Um, glad to have you back. <laughs> yeah, glad to be back. Uh, everyone, this is Sister Andrea from Mount Olive. No. no. Okay. No. All right. Nope. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, what a blessing. So many people today received a blessing through those boxes. There was a lot. I was climbing up and down off that trailer, and I'm not 16 anymore. <laughs> uh, I see God doing something. I, I met with some pastors last night in a meeting, a prayer meeting, and it's just uh, good to know that we got pastors that want to do better than what they're doing for the Lord and want to take God's children higher and one of the things that I said in fact I've already started since I've been back is I'm not going to spend a lot of time in this building anymore I'm going to spend more time out on the streets talking to people and that's what I've been doing all this week and, and tell you I see a difference just going up to strangers and loving them and telling them about Jesus Today was a beautiful day. I actually talked with a drug addict, and we're going to pray for her. And her initials is J. That's all you need to know. Pray for J. Okay? And I could tell by the Holy Spirit that she was on drugs while she was talking to me. And I said, Jesus doesn't want this life for you. She said, I was with the Lord at one time. I said, he knows that, and he wants you to come back. Because he loves you. And so God loves you more than you can ever imagine. When we are given opportunity to be kind to people, it is for the sole purpose of extending that hand for that person to receive Jesus. And if they've already received him and have walked away, then it's the opportunity to tell them to repent. I want to clear up a myth real quick before we go to the Lord in prayer and into our Bible study in Galatians chapter 5 tonight. I want to clear something up. You hear when people say that they rededicate their lives to the Lord or rededicate his or her life to the Lord? First of all, there's no such thing as rededication in the Bible. Okay? There's a thing called repentance. They repented and turned back to God. We see a clear example in the parable which Jesus gave with the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15. Very powerful message. And, and, and the Lord in that parable said that, and the man came to his right what? Senses. His right senses. Another way of saying that he repented. Okay? No, when we think of rededication, we're thinking of something from a human point of view, rather from a godly point of view point of view. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, the Apostle Paul very, very delicately talks about there is a sorrow that leads to repentance, and he called it godly sorrow. There's a difference between feeling sorry for doing something and having a godly sorrow. Godly sorrow causes a person to look at God's holiness and realize that he has sinned against God and he needs to stop it. Okay? 
And remember in Ezekiel chapter 33, the entire chapter covers this. For And we, one afternoon, remember Ms. Vicka a while back, we talked about that, how the Lord said that he takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that they turn, turn, turn from the wicked way. And they say, why should you die, O man? Or Israel is another way to look at it. Turn, turn, turn is another way in Hebrew of saying, repent, repent, repent. Okay? And these are the things we need to be focusing on. Is to, Right now, there's a remnant out there that is angry with the church. They're angry with God. They're angry because they've been hurt in some form of, of another. And the Lord wants us to reach those people. Because what heals hurt? The love of Christ. Am I right? But if we are not out loving people, how would they know that their Father in Heaven still cares for them? How would they know? We have to tell them. That's right. And but the but the talk must go beyond the lips. It must transform into action. And people need to see that. Okay. What you're going to see now? Remember, the Apostle Paul started off in this letter slamming the Galatians because they had done something so critical to their salvation that they started putting their trust in circumcision rather than in the faith of Jesus Christ alone. And they allowed false teachers to creep in and brought in another doctrine. Remember, we, we covered that in detail. And what it does, it voids out the cross. You and I are incapable of working our way to heaven. It is impossible. All the work has been done on the cross by Christ and Christ alone. Amen. We cannot add to it and we cannot take away from it. But what we can do, we can lie about it. We can lie and say, oh, there's more than one way to God. Mm. We can lie and say, oh, you don't have to believe all that. I had a lady tell me one time in Germany, one mustn't believe everything in the Bible. I'm going, what, what Bible do you have? <laughs> because the Bible that I have says that from Genesis to Revelation, you better be believing it. Jesus in John chapter 5, as John records it, in verse 39, I think it is, he told the religious leaders this. He said, you search the scriptures. And you think you have eternal life in them. But it's they that points to me. The word point there, he used, he said, they testify of me. Okay? So the scriptures are, in themselves are not salvation. But what they do, they point you to the one who is salvation. Amen. Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Okay? Uh, I came back through the door. A lot of things didn't happen that should have happened, and some good things did happen while I was gone, and I'm proud of that. But what I want to do now is encourage you all, find ways to invite people to Christ, find ways to bring them here 
into the household of faith. And one of the things that, and I can show you in my book back there behind my desk, things that the Holy Spirit said to me on the plane from Denver, I mean from Dallas to Orlando. And I was reading this book about generational curses. And the Lord, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just spoke to me just loudly. I did not call you to fill stadiums with men. I call you to fill men with my word. I go, whoa. Let me write that down. <laughs> I did not call you to fill stadiums with men. I call you to fill men with my word. I said, okay, Lord. <laughs> I got that loud and clear. I'm not looking for numbers. I'm looking for people willing to receive the word of God. And if that brings numbers, to God be the glory. If it brings a few, I'm going to be faithful in that endeavor. And I'm going to teach. And, and I even told the Holy Spirit, Deke, I said, I'm going, I want you to teach me the word of God like you've never taught me before. And I'm, I am passionate about that. I want the Holy Spirit to teach me the finer things of God in the word of God so that I can teach you all. I want to give it to you. And I'll do my very best to study to show myself approved by God so that I can teach you. Is that all right? Yep. I'll do my very best. All right. And a prayer request before we go to the Lord in prayer and then start our Bible study for today. Yeah. Pray for David that his need of him. In the name of Jesus, mm -hmm. let it be done. There was a young man. Hold on just a second at the food bank. I won't call his name. His back was hurting really bad. And at that moment when he told me that, the Holy Spirit was anointing, was just flowing all over me. I know when the Spirit is moving through me. And I walked up to him. I said, young man, where you, where's your back hurting at? He said, oh, don't touch me. I said, no, I'm not here. I'm not going to give you a big bear hug. Try and shake your back back in position. I said, I want to pray for you because the Lord can heal your back. He said, no, 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 that's all right. He says, it's hurting too bad. I said, no, man, God wants to heal your back right now. And he wants it to be a demonstration of his power for you and for me right now. He said, no. I said, do you understand what, you, what you're doing now? Well, I seen him a couple of days ago, and he said to me, he said, not that I didn't want you to pray for me. He said, I don't know. He said, but God did touch my back that day, and he did heal me. Huh? Folks, I want to encourage your hearts. When the Spirit is speaking through you, be obedient. And do it. That means, Miss Vicky, you could be at the gas pump, and someone needs a touch from Jesus, and the Lord said, "Go do it. Do it." Okay, because it's at that moment the Holy Ghost is working. 
Come on, somebody. Y'all ought to be happy about that. I'm telling you, we cannot limit God in time and spaces. Okay? He's ready to work. He's ready to show this world who his son Jesus is. Amen. He's ready. And y'all got to be ready to do this. Okay, Deke? He is so ready to use you all. What was your prayer request? Um, my teacher's water broke today. Amen. Did she have the baby today? Uh, they said that she's supposed to. But you don't know yet. But she didn't know yet. But for some reason, she had all of her stuff packed today. So, she's in the hospital right now. She said that her baby may be nine days early. Nine days is okay. I was three months early. No, two months. So, nine days is okay. All right, let's go before the Lord in prayer. Aiden, I'm sorry. A girl in my class had a seizure. Yes, I know her quite well. I've been known her since she was a baby. Her name is Bella. Troy and Kelly's daughter. Is she still in the hospital? Uh, they said that she just got out. Okay. All right. Mr. David, your school teacher, young Bella. Anything else? There's nothing too hard for God. Okay? All right. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you so much. You're awesome in all of your ways. And we come to you in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you for restoring us and bringing us back in right fellowship with Father, especially me, Lord. And I, I love you, and your children here love you. We're here, Lord, because your spirit has brought us together as one, on one accord to study your word. And we're eager to hear what the spirit has to say, but not only hear what he has to say, Lord Jesus, but we're eager to see what you do with these people in which the petition has gone before God's throne of grace in your name. The, the school teacher who water's broken, Lord, we know that you're going to see this little jewel into this world safely. And we're praying not only for safe arrival, Lord God, but we're praying that at an early age, someone will share the gospel with this baby so that he or she can be saved. And Lord, for Bella, we know her parents. You know her parents better than we do. They belong to you, Jesus. And we're asking that your healing hand right now, as you told us in your word in Psalms 120, uh, Psalms 107, verse 20, and you sent your word and healed them. Lord, will you send your word now by the Holy Ghost and touch Bella? The neurologist may not know what caused the seizure, but you do. So we're asking now that you touch and heal in the name of Jesus. And Father, for Max, you know his situation, been diagnosed with autism. We ask, Lord, that you heal Max of this. Nothing is impossible for you. Nothing is too hard for you. Thank you for strengthening Brother Amelia. We ask, Lord God, for Crystal. Lord, regulate her blood sugar right now. Regulate her blood. Clean her blood up, Lord. Some abnormalities in the bloodstream has taken place. Some mutation there has taken place. We ask now, speak the word that her blood will go back to normal and that she would never have to take insulin or anything else again because you are her healer. And Father, we're asking now, others around this world will be quickened by your spirit, God. Lord, it's not enough that we say we're Christians, but it, we must stand up 
and walk accordingly, according to your way and not our way, Jesus. And Lord, as we sit here tonight, we pray for Mr. David. You know what's going on in his body. You know where everything is happening. All the inflammation that's rising up in him. We ask now, Jesus, that you rebuke it, return that body back to normal, and Lord, allow him to live out the days in which you have given him. He shall not leave this world until you have decreed it. And Father, for Miss Marie's sister, oh, what a blessing, Lord, that how, Lord, when man thought that her days were near, Lord, you continue to power days on. And we thank you for that. And now, Lord, our God, our country seemed to be in a state of confusion about the upcoming leadership during the election. Lord God, according to your word, you said you established government. You established leaders. You set them up and you put them down. And Lord, even though we may think we have a voice in it, the voice is really yours. Whether that leader is good or bad, that person can only be president of the United States by your decree. And so we're asking you, Lord, that you have mercy upon these United States. Bring revival across our land. Turn the hearts of the people back to you, Lord Jesus. And then, oh God, let there be a sweeping revival around the world. Allow your spirit to pour out upon all flesh, just as your servant Joel prophesied, and just as your servant Peter prophesied. Let thy spirit come forth and move upon the hearts of the people, every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl. Now, Lord, as we step aside and allow your spirit to have free course in this class, because he's our true teacher, not me, teach us Holy Spirit and give us the ear what Jesus is saying to you and what you are saying to your church. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. 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 Now, Galatians is such a strong book to understand. Intertwined in Old Testament symbol and images. Intertwined into the law. We already know that. So he's going to do one of his last, I guess, the better way of saying it, last admonishments of this church. Before now, He's getting ready to put their lives on display. What do I mean by that? In this particular chapter, you're going to see Paul talk about two lifestyles. The life that they once were and the life that they should be. Okay? Yes, ma'am. I'm hearing some music coming from... Oh, the laptop. Just close my laptop, please. Oh. And... Uh, I hear it quite. Yeah. Here's what every Christian, every blood-washed, born-again believer in the Lord Jesus Christ must understand today. No matter what language you're in, you got to understand this. Be careful how you judge oh. one another. What do I mean by that? It's easy to look at other people's faults. Drug addicts, prostitutes, 
murders, and lo and behold, child molesters, and extortionists, thieves and liars, whatever their wickedness is, be careful, be careful, be careful how we look at them. And always remember what the Apostle Paul says. As such once were you. And that's me. I'm, when I'm saying you, I'm talking about you in the plural, put, putting myself in that number. And we have to always remember that this church was still a fairly young church. Just some false teachers had crept in and told them that they had to go back to their old way of believing God and live that way in order to be saved. So they regress. Instead of progressing, they regress back to the old. Don't let anything influence you to go back to the old way. What happens when we go back to the old way? It voids out the cross. It says that what Jesus Christ, the Son of God, did was not good enough. I heard a Muslim tell me one time, the reason why uh, God chose Muhammad because Jesus did not finish the work. Mm. I about threw up on that one. <laughs> well. Hmm. What did Muhammad do that Jesus didn't do? Lied. <laughs> That's it. Now, what is Paul going to tell us today? Let's take a look. Uh, what version of the Bible do you have? It's my study Bible. It's NIV, New King James, King James, New American Standard. It's one of those. It's not a King James version. Okay, because so had, had I known, I would have... This one is. This one is the New King James Version. Oh, New King, you're on the far right column. I will start with you since you're a guest, but not really a guest. Why is that mixing Greek with English over in the right column? You see that, Deke? That's kind of weird. Uh, that means I got to get up there again and do what we did that one time before, just it. Anyway, in, in the meanwhile, we'll just go over to the NIV part. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. <coughs> what freedom? Anybody know the prophecy that talks about freedom, that will bring freedom from the prophet Isaiah? And then Jesus himself reinstated what that prophecy was at the very early start of his ministry. Does anyone know? It was for what? It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. What does he mean by that? Free of sin? Mm-hmm. In Isaiah 61, the prophet Isaiah gives a prophecy that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he has sent me to do what? Yeah, heal the brokenhearted and to do what? 
and set the come on you got it it's, whoo, you rolling with it and set the captive free and remember when he stood up in the synagogue in, in Nazareth and they handed him the scroll and they had turned to the portion that we know as Isaiah 61 and he read it and then he said to them this day it has been fulfilled in your hearing and what they now, wait a minute. He just called himself the Messiah. Only the Messiah could do that. Well, yeah, he is. But why is that important for you to know this in this Galatian passage? Why was it important that Brandy know this? That he came to set the captive free. Paul tells us in his letter to the Roman church, he said, He who is the servant of sin is the slave of sin. And if I take you way, way back to the beginning of time with humans, the first human that committed murder, prior to him committing murder, he had just gave an offering to God and God rejected it. Cain. Cain. Now, do you remember the dialogue between Cain and God? And God told him something, and I wonder if any of us actually remember what that stating, you know, that conversation was all about. He said, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? And if you don't, sin lies at the, but you must master it. What is he meant by that? He said, because if not, it's going to do what to you? It's going to master you. In other words, it's going to make you its slave. And you will not be free. Free is another word for salvation. Are you getting it now? So God knew from the very beginning. And he tried to tell humans, listen. You must control sin and sin not control you. So Jesus came so that you and I could be set free from the bondage of sin. And the reason why we struggle today, even as his children with sin, is because we at that moment temporarily give up that freedom to sin. And it takes the reins of our lives temporarily until the Holy Spirit does this to you. Go, oh, that hurt. Wake up. Look what you're doing. Okay? And reminds us to drop that and turn back to God by grace. You go, girl. That's right. By grace, the favor of God. So... King James says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. All right. In this case, he's going back to the law. Because remember, the law did not come to set men and women free. It came to do what? 
become slaves? No, ma'am. They were already slaves to sin. He, the law came to point out to them that they are sinners. Okay? You're sinners. And you need a savior. That's why the early part of this book, he talked about, he said, and God used the law as a schoolmaster or tutor to turn you, to train you that you need to be saved. You need a deliverer. You need a savior. You need salvation. And you can't keep the law. And you can't keep the law. They cannot. Keep they cannot. Okay. All right. So, as we look on a little bit further here, on the King James side, Behold, I, Paul, say to you that if you be circumcised, again, going back to the law, right? Christ shall profit you what? What does that mean? It doesn't mean bad if you're circumcised or not. No. Go ahead. Give it a shot. Go back to living the way you did before with all of the traditions that Christ cannot work in your life. That you've kind of turned away and gone back to bondage. Kind of? Take the word kind of out. You went back. That you've gone back to bondage. Did I say kind of? So that means then that you're not what? You're not what? Yeah. You're not saved. And that, uh, that is a very dangerous place to be. Does that mean they've lost their salvation? That is a very dangerous place to be. Well, that's what I mean. Isn't that like backsliding today? So they do lose their salvation. Mm -hmm. uh, let, me, let me explain to you about backsliding real quick. We'll chase that rabbit for a moment. to <laughs> begin. There's a difference between changing doctrinal beliefs and just simply just saying, okay, I'm going to go back to where I was living. Because that doesn't mean that you still don't know the truth. Okay? okay? You just elected not to obey. But you don't believe in the truth. If you did, you wouldn't go back. Oh, a lot of people believe in the truth, but they just chose to do what? Rebel. Yeah. Okay? So they don't have the benefit of what Christ does for you. Mm -mm. They still have their salvation, but they don't have the benefit of the power. I, I will say to you, if a person walks away from Christ, the Bible will tell you, Paul, I tell you what, just hold on just a few seconds. <laughs> and in this particular chapter, you're going to see that answer for yourself. Okay. How about that? Okay. So, NIV side, Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourself be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. So if Christ is no value to you, you're lost. If Christ is no value to you, you are lost. Okay? Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. And... Remember now, the law just doesn't cover what we call the Ten Commandments. The law cover all 613 commands. We just picked the ten to highlight. So I say to you, are you able to keep the entire law? Because, sis, look, look for a moment. There is a command in the Word of God 
that's not written among the Ten Commandments. Do you know? I, I'll give you a couple of them. You ready? Mm-hmm. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Is that not a command? Mm-hmm. Okay, here's another one that's not written in the ten. That's why I tell people, don't get just lost on the ten. You ready for the other one? Mm-hmm. You shall love your neighbor as you love your... Is that written among the ten? No. 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 That's why I say you got to know the whole law. The whole law. So are you capable of keeping the whole law? I have trouble... <laughs> for just a 10. <clears throat> and I can tell you right now, I cannot tell you what all 613 commands are in the Old Testament. And if we really want to get fruitful about it, I can't even tell you all the ones that Jesus added. <clears throat> and I do know one day he added right away. He said, a new command I give unto you, that you love one another with the love that I have loved you with. Come on in, brother. God bless you. Bible study time. Come say hi. I got to go eat with my brother. I'm a pastor from uh, Mexico. Oh, God bless you. So I, saw, I saw some scriptures. I thought I got to go say hi. <laughs> to God be the glory. So you guys, uh, it's a church ministry. Yeah, it's all the above. On Sundays, we clear it out, and we do worship in here. On Tuesday night, we do Bible study. During the week, we do outreach. That's incredible. Right in the marketplace. Right. <laughs> What's your name? Sammy Nelson, and you? Samuel Patrick. Glad to meet you, Patrick. Meet you. <laughs> Pastor Patrick, PP. <laughs> I'll put my head back in here in a minute. All right, buddy. And so... Um, why would you want to put yourself in that kind of position, Paul's saying, that now you got to keep the whole law. That means the animal, the animal sacrifices, the washing rituals, the, 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 the food, uh, the dietary laws, the, the fellowship laws. And what do we mean by that? Table fellowship. Okay, table, table fellowship means this. I, as a Gentile, could not sit down and eat with you as a Jew. Then, so you remember what Jesus, what God did to him in Acts chapter 10 when he let down the sheets and showed him the unclean animals? So what God had made, do not call what? Unclean. unclean or common. So that means God made a mistake when he did that? Because when you're saying you want to go back under the law, you're just saying that all that stuff that Jesus did, just did, it wasn't good enough. I'm not so sure I want to be in that position. As a matter of fact, I know that I don't want to be in that kind of position. I Amen? introduced my brother to you. He's a preacher too. <laughs> All right. To God. Just a night of preachers. <laughs> Sammy Nelson. Glad to meet you, Charlie brother. Sparks, how are you? All right. From Mexico too? No, no I'm in Lake, Lake City. City. Lake City? Yeah. To God be the glory. Yeah. What church? Uh, mountaintop Ministries. Mountaintop Ministries. Oh, I like that boy. Moses on the mountaintop. Take it to the top, brother. Yeah. Good, good. So we have a Bible study tonight? Oh, yeah. Yeah. As many that will come off the streets, they're welcome. Yeah. Very good. Right downtown High Springs, Jesus yeah. on Main Street. What Bible are you in? Galatians? We're in Galatians 5. Galatians 5. Yes. And just going on, talking about now how people want to revert back to old ways, such as the Galatians did through false teachers. Yeah. 
Got to stick with the word of God by yeah. faith. Trust Amen. Christ. Amen. In Christ All alone. Right. All right. Good Continue. Good. Thank, Thank you. Everybody. Holy Spirit be with you. All right. You too. So, um, why wouldn't anybody want to go back and be a slave again? I, for the life of me, I, I, I don't understand that. And it's kind of difficult for you and I to relate to being a slave, even though our people were slaves. In essence, your people were slaves. Yeah. Where are your folks from? Do you know your heritage? Norway, Sweden. Norway, Sweden, Scandinavians. Mm -hmm. They made slaves. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> your background? Arab. Arabic. <laughs> they actually had slaves. They actually went in Africa and took slaves in the early days. Really? Yes. And French. <laughs> they go for anything. Okay. But at some point, none of our races, none of our ethnic groups have a good track record before God. Am I right? I mean, all we got to do is look at Romans 3.23 and it says, For all have sinned and come short of the... That covers all the races, don't it? Norwegians were idol worshippers. Oh, you betcha. The Vikings? Oh, man. Manslayers out of this world. After death. Okay, so uh, here we are. You, if you want to change and go back, Mr. Jew, to the old way, then you're going to have to keep the law in its fullest. And even with that, you're still in trouble with God. Can anybody tell me what the last two verses after John 3.16 says? Because I think it's very applicable to this point. If you want to go back and do something back the old way, then something just happened to you that you yourself inflicted. Okay. God to love the world. You only give. Uh huh. Okay, that's John three sixteen. What's the next verse? I want to scratch your minds. I told God I was going to. Teach you. Well, you got your Bibles in front of you. Because if you want to go back and live the old way rather than the ways of Christ, then this is absolutely for you. You know what that is? Oh. That whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Okay, read on. Oh, 17. 17, what does it say? His son into the world to condemn the world, but to the world through him might be saved. Okay, then what's the next verse say? That's why I say you got to go on that next couple of verses. What is believes in him is not condemned, but he that believes not is condemned already. Because oh, whoa. Well, what was that part? He who doesn't believe is condemned already. So if you don't think Christ is able to save you and you think you need to go back to the old way, you just condemned yourself already. Mm -hmm. That's coming from Jesus. Did you see that, Miss Ricky? Mm -hmm. But he that believeth not is condemned already. Yeah. But if you're saying that you still got to have your stuff cut and that'll bring you salvation, what you're saying, Jesus, what you've done is not good enough. So your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ isn't there. So you just condemned yourself. Self-inflicted? 
You bet you. That's what happens when we decide to say, okay, Jesus, not your way, but my way. Uh, his way. Usually it's going by somebody else's teachings that influence us to turn away from Jesus. Am I right? Okay. Andrea, is this making sense to you? You got to be able to connect the dots, everybody. Bring the scriptures alive. They are alive. Even though they may seem like spider webs, but they all are connected. Okay? They are connected. <clears throat> so, in verse 4, it says, You who are trying to be justified by law have been alienated from Christ. And here's your answer, Miss Vicki. Have been alienated from Christ. You have what? Fallen from grace. That means no salvation for you. What did John tell us in his prelude and in, in the gospel that Jesus had him write in chapter 1 about Jesus? He did a little layout there and it says Moses came with the law. But Jesus came with what? Grace and truth. So you're just taking away the grace of God from yourself. When you decide, there was a, there's a lady who put herself out there publicly, said that she was once a minister in the Christian faith, but it wasn't doing anything for her. It was a dead faith to her. So she turned to Islam. She has fallen from grace. And the writer of Hebrews says, there is no more salvation for you. Why? Because you have now trampled the Son of God under your what? Wow. Hebrews chapter 6. And it says, what are you going to do? Crucify the Son of God afresh? Because you don't believe that he has enough power to keep you? Then what happened to Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25? That he's able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him. That means if we're struggling and we're pressing and we still fall short because of our human heart, but yet Jesus Christ still holds on to us. And the same writer said there's one mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. David saw this a long time ago. David said in Psalms 34, he said, no, 37, he said, Though I fall, you hold me by my hand. hand. The word fall there means self-destruction in Hebrew. Didn't know that, did you? The word fall there in Hebrew means self-destruction. If I do something that's detriment to myself, in my relationship with you, God, you still hold on to me. Ooh, that's pretty powerful, isn't it? 
And this all goes back hand in hand again. At the end of chapter 7 in Romans, he said, Hmm. With my mind, I serve the law of God. With my flesh, the law of sin. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Then he says, I thank God for Jesus. And in the next chapter, there now, he said, there therefore now is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Pretty powerful stuff to me. So if you think you're serving a dead God, he's alive, he's alive and looking out for you and for me. So when I do fall, he does what? He picks me up by grace. That's why Jesus said in Revelation chapter 3, verse 19, he says, I chastise all those who are mine. He said, all those I love, I chastise them. And then he continues on in that same verse, Miss Marie. He said, be zealous and repent. In other words, I'm going to spank your butt. Mm -hmm. But when I do, you stop doing what you were doing that made me spank you in the first place. Amen? I know. Get back in line. Let's go. Okay? Do y'all see how all this is connecting in this chapter? Do you see this? That's why I tell you all, tell your Bible teachers, don't be in a hurry to get through a text. Take your time and rightly divide the word of truth. We've got to, because our very lives count on it, knowing what God expects of us. We have to do this. Long overdue, isn't it, Ms. Vicki? You needed your teacher back, didn't you? Huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you. And so, you have fallen from grace. All right, we're going to do something here, and we're going to find out what does that mean? Uh, my operator ran on me, so I have to do it. I want to show you something. We're going to go to verse 4. I'm going to minimize this just for a second. Oh, what happened here? I, I want y'all to look in this box right here. We're in chapter 5, verse 4. Do y'all see that word right there? This is the verb right here that's translated as fallen. Okay, I want us to examine it a little bit closer. So we're going to go to the default lexicon, other words, dictionary. And we're going to examine some stuff because you need to know why words are there where they're at. What do they mean? Why did the writer put that there? Okay. So it's saying basically fall out of or down from. Literally 
it represents a bloom falling off a bush. Otherwise, a flower bloom falling off a bush. So I want to ask you a question. Given that analogy, a flower bloom falling off the bush, can you reattach that bloom to that bush and it live? No. You can't. So if you're falling from grace, what did that tell you? That you cannot be reattached. You're done with. If you choose to walk away from Christ, you are done with. Falling from grace. You're falling from grace. And that's what that means. Like a, a, a blossom fall to the ground. It's no longer can live. You're dead to God. Unredeemable? Unredeemable. You can't put the blossom back on the bush. If you decide to walk away from Jesus, after you know the truth, after you know the truth, there's no hope for you. So there's no salvation if he tries to get. There is no salvation. That's what he's telling you. If you walk away from Jesus, you have fallen from grace. That's why I want y'all to see this in his original language. Because people out there are preaching stuff that the language is not telling us. So you condemn yourself. You condemned yourself. But if you choose to walk in Christ, as long as you're walking in Christ, you are saved. I'm saved. But if you decide that Jesus, I don't want you anymore, why would God want to put you in his kingdom when you say, I don't want anything else to do with you? It doesn't meet the common sense test. You chose not to be with Jesus and God. You deliberately made that decision. That's why I said the text will answer your question itself. So has anybody ever showed you from the Greek standpoint what this means, sis? No. Now, do you see the difference? Yeah. But you can deliberately walk yourself out of being in God's kingdom. But if you love Jesus, that's why he said in John chapter 14, verse 21, he who has my commandments and keep them, it is he who what? Loves me. So if you love him, you're not going to walk away and say, I don't want anything else to do with you. But people have walked away. Some I've heard gone over to Buddhists. Some celebrities. I can call some of their names. Richard Greer. Uh, the woman played in Pretty Woman. What's her name? Oh, no. Yes, she did. No. Julia Roberts, is that her? No. Yes, she did. She has gone over to Buddha. Oh my God! And that science, what is that? Yeah, Scientology. Yeah, What's that one famous actor y'all like to call? Yes. Uh huh. And Will Smith and Jada Smith. Shall I name some more? They get serious about that stuff too. Yes. And just in case y'all y'all like Dr. Oz on television, he's a he's a Muslim. Shaquille O'Neal, Muslim. Surprised? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the famous basketball player from the 70s and early 80s. Muslim. And so many more. Muhammad Ali. I told people he was a good man to the world, but he did not finish well. Why? Because someone called the Nation of Islam 
told him that the white man religion, Christianity, because that's what they call it, was no good for him. Mm -hmm. Let me believe. And he believed it. And converted over, and so did his family. It didn't end well for him, folks. He did a lot of good. He will stand before the one true and holy God and his son Jesus. He has already. Yeah, and by rejecting him, he's already feeling the results of his decision. I didn't condemn the man. The man, what did it say in the text that you read? Condemn he condemned himself. Okay? But he might not have been a born again Christian. We don't know that. Don't you do that. I can't believe you're writing on my, my mouse pad. What? Right. He wasn't safe when he died. Doesn't matter. So, people. I'm pretty sure your mom did the same thing. Please understand all of this. When we choose another faith or another doctrine other than what the Holy Ghost gave Paul. Jesus himself taught Paul. Paul said he did not confer with flesh and blood. But he went down to Arabia. And there, Lord Jesus himself taught Paul everything he needed to know about himself. Not about Paul's self, about Jesus. How would you like to have teaching like that for three years? That the Lord himself teaches you. That's why that brother was so powerful. Okay? That's why the demon said, Jesus we know. And Paul, I know. But who are you? <laughs> Paul had a reputation in the demon world. Don't mess with that one. Any of it making any sense to you all? So the Galatians were taking a big gamble. Okay? So it says that they had fallen from grace. Verse 5, but by faith we eagerly await through the Spirit the righteousness for which we hope. What does that mean? That means, sis, you're waiting for Jesus to return. And on that day, your redemption is settled in heaven. Paul says, look up, for your redemption draws nigh. So that means the righteousness is done for you and for me and all of the Lord's children. Okay? NIV continue. My operator has given up on me. Why don't you go sit at the table? And so, uh, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing, is that the second time he said that? Yes. Just listen. 
The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Uh-oh. If they is not meddling, somebody else's business, right? Wrong, it's God's business. So if you say that you're saved, if you say you have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, now it has to do something. You got to do some kind of performance. And that performance is love. Well, what, what, love what? Love God, love people. Love your neighbor. People. people. You got it? Because that's, that's just, I just, I just condensed it. <laughs> love God, love people. It's hard pressed for a person to say they belong to Jesus and they won't even give a homeless person a cup of water or a sandwich. <laughs> they don't show grace. Yeah. It's hard pressed. As much as time we get on each other's nerves here. We still have to go back and hug one another. One another. And I declare, Lord, help us if we start doing what Peter and Paul both said do. You know what that, that is? He said, greet one another with a... Hello! <laughs> don't go put your lips on me, some would think. But I don't mind if the brother and sister give me a holy kiss. Okay? I don't mind it. Because I do it to you, sisters, do I not? Take second head. You know I kissed you on the cheek and made your husband jealous. <laughs> I'm messing with you. <laughs> Same in Elsa humor. My wife told me to stop making jokes. I <laughs> know. Um, but look. So that means now faith must also be action because love is an action. Okay? You were running a good race. He said, look, you started out quite well, right? Have we all witnessed people starting off well? And all of a sudden, something happened in their walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. I know of a family for years did great things for the Lord, then lost a loved one and stopped going to church. They became angry with God. Because they no longer believe the scriptures. That is once appointed on men to what? Die. They forgot that part. They forgot what God had told Adam. Thus you came from, and thus you shall return. return. That's death. Unless Jesus Christ comes back. Because he did tell us there are going to be some that do not taste death. Some are going to be alive when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back. Amen? Thank you. You caught it just in time, didn't you? So, you ran the race well. Who caught in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? Otherwise, you own this race, then all of a sudden you stopped. You were running the good. What caused you to stop? Miss Marie, you've known me longer than anyone here. Mm -hmm. And you've known the difficulties that my family went through from churches. You seemed to hurt. Mm -hmm. And you were there mm -hmm. with the tissues and all the love that you and your husband showed my family over the years. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was a tough journey for us, wasn't it? Yes, it was. But what did we promise when all the hurt was beyond seemed like repair? We still loved everybody. That we still loved everybody. 
Because that's what God requires. Yeah. I can still feel the hurt. But you can't stop it loving people because they hurt you. Can't stop. And you know what I do? I still take food up to the school mm-hmm. that that church owns. I did this morning. God bless you. <laughs> I still love people, Deke. Even some are unlovable. Because my God still loves me. Okay? Everything. Yes, ma'am. How do you love people that we see as unlovable when you try and, I don't know, I don't, we, they, they don't want to love, they, they act totally different, I mean. I, I will tell you, and this fine sister will tell you too, that I said to God, I said, Lord, I can't love him. But you in me can. So I want you in me to help me love them. Because this is what you require. Let's examine the Lord's Prayer for a moment. Shall we? Parsi said... Forgive us our sins, our trespasses, mm-hmm. our debts, depending on the translation, as we have forgiven all the us. Ooh. But did you know at the end of that prayer, Matthew, did you know that at the bottom of that prayer, after he had said that, those instructions, he said, if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. Mm-hmm. I think that's the healing process right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon, go to sleep. Get off your phone. Uh-oh. Oh. We just lost it. Yeah, you know it. She knows it. <laughs> I'm going to still get her. So, uh, let me ask you a question. I don't know what time it is because I don't have on a watch. 7.06. We usually stop at 7.30. Is that okay? Good. Um, let me ask you this, everybody. If you've been so hurt, and you have been in your life, and you have a difficult time getting over this hurt, do you think maybe you need to go back and examine the forgiveness part? Because that could be blocking your healing. Mm-hmm. What happens when, I'll give you an example. My, I had a friend. Y'all don't know Thelma. I had a friend named Thelma. She went through a hard time financially. Her husband walked away with her two children. And she was really struggling. So I had long, I talked to my husband. And I had long Thelma some money. I went to church one Sunday. And the man was talking about forgiveness. And, you know, if they really had the money, they wouldn't ask for it anyway. You should just forgive them. So that really touched me. So the next day I found them, and I say, don't worry about that money. You don't ever have to pay me back. Consider it a gift. She snapped. You didn't think I was going to pay your money back? You don't trust me? What are you trying to say? I thought, oh, my Lord. And then that, like, really caused a rip. She became real, like, angry with me. Mm-hmm. I was like, I 
thought I had her to work with the Lord. That's a night, you know. And the thing all made sense to me that she couldn't afford it anyway. And people have given to me. So, hey, I figured well, this is my time to pay it forward. Mm -hmm. I was like, don't even worry about it. It's all right. Oh, no. I pay my debts. <sighs> when I see people respond in the fashion that which you just described, I have learned from the Holy Spirit at that moment, I got to do what's right for God and me. And leave that person and their emotions up to Christ. Because you cannot reason with a person at that moment. All you can do is be obedient to Christ. Because he knew that they were going to respond that way. And it could have been a test for you to see if you're in fact going to continue to love. She started talking to me for a while. It's like five years. And be obedient. But then the friendship was restored. But it was like five years she didn't Yeah. Well, there was a number of years that Paul and Barnabas didn't go together. But the Lord, by the Holy Ghost, restored those brothers, didn't he? He restored our friendship. And so, it is hard when people are woofing at you. Because sometimes the flesh gets tired. And I did tell the senior pastor when I was passing one of the pastors at First Baptist, I got tired of getting beat up by people getting in their face because they thought I wanted to pass. I just supposed to take their verbal abuse all the time. Well, your pastor, you're supposed to be able to take it. I had a guy in church bust me out in church. Said, don't you never call my son out like that again. Had no idea what this joke was talking about. He didn't say, excuse me, Sammy, can I talk to you on the side? He started woofing me in front of everybody. And I tell you, it took everything within me to contain the soldier. <laughs> to notice I said that. I Not the pastor, but the soldier flesh. Within you. <laughs> no, for the flesh. <laughs> so the next day I told the pastor, I said, and he, who used to be an army captain, by the way, so he knew where I was coming from. I said, let me tell you something. If one of your members get in my face again and bust me out like you did in front of everybody in the church and don't think I don't have feelings, I say, you will be finding yourself another associate pastor because I will not tolerate it again. And he looked at me. He said, first, I can do what you got to do. I said, I will. He said, I don't blame you. Don't put up with it. I said, okay, I just want to let you know. I will not. I will try my best not to embarrass the name of Jesus, but I will sure enough put the axe of the devil in his place. And sometimes you have to. Try to keep your godly heart. <laughs> okay? And said, look, Satan, I'm not putting up with this. You will not talk to me this way. Love. So faith is a married partner to love. When you see one, you also see, yeah. why don't we? 
They are not inseparable in that respect. I mean separable. They are inseparable. That came out wrong. They are inseparable. Okay? So he asked him, who, who made you stop obeying the truth? In verse 7, verse 8, that kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. Whoa. Now we got to play with that one a minute. That kind of influence, that kind of persuasion that calls you to not follow Christ in his teachings must be from somewhere else. Satan. And if it's from somewhere else, it's, say it again, sis, you got it. That means you have been darkened once again by the prince of this world. That's the bottom line. So if it's an unsaved person, it could be coming from Satan himself. I can tell you, yes. And I can tell you sometimes Christians get under the influence of the evil one. I have been. I'm not going to lie to you, Deke. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for grace. But it all turns to faith. Sin. Sin. You hit it. Folks don't want to hear about sin anymore. They want to hear that they're okay. No, you're not. If you are a hell raiser in the house of God, you are not okay with the Lord Jesus Christ. You are a hellraiser. You are a divider. You are a dissension in which we're going to cover real quick. Let's go there. So, a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. And that is an Old Testament teaching, by the way. Y'all know that, right? He called it leaven, not yeast. So, all it takes is a little bit of corruption to get in the heart, then the whole heart becomes what? Polluted. Corrupt, polluted. Now imagine, now use this as, instead of saying heart, say church. A little bit of corruption. Church. And you got a church that's ruined. Mm -hmm. If it's not dealt well. Amen? Amen. I don't need to beat that horse anymore. Verse 10. Let's go to King James side. I am, he said, I have confidence in you through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now comes what? Encouragement. You see this? He said, I have the confidence through Jesus Christ that you're going to what? That you will be none otherwise minded, but he that trouble you shall bear his own judgment, whoever he be. In other words, listen, I know that you're going to get this right. And the one who calls this, God's going to get him. That's another way of saying that. He who troubles you, he will be dealt well. Yes, ma'am. So in the first part of this, he's saying to them that they've turned away and they're doing, okay. But then he's saying, I have confidence in you that you will not 
do this. Then so you in would... other words, they're redeemable. Yes. In other words, said once they've turned away, he not. I mean, oh, listen, listen, listen. What he's saying there. In that letter, he had to write such harsh language to them to get them to understand the consequences of their decision. If they have chosen to go back to old way, they will be unredeemable. But he said, but yet this thing has not yet taken root in you, okay. so you can still be saved. Okay. Okay? That's why as soon as we hear about false teachings going on, we need to do what? Nip it in the butt. Expose it. Expose it right then and there. That's why I told y'all, if I come up there and start teaching y'all Bible study from them things up there only, kick me out of here. But if I'm teaching you from the Word of God and I can show you from the translations what these words mean so that you can grab a hold of them, then you say, okay, Lord, we understand. And I promised God that I would do my very best to teach you what? Correctly. And I have made mistakes, and I've come back to you all and said what? I messed that one up. <laughs> and don't you remember me saying it to you all sometime? This last week, I think. Yeah. So, <laughs> some us that you had done it, not that you did it. Uh -huh. So you, uh, preachers have to always, and Bible teachers, have to always remember that our true teacher is the Holy Ghost. Amen. And when he corrects us on something that we ourselves had misinterpreted, we need to come back, if possible, correct that. Okay? Put a disclaimer out there and say, hey, I messed that up. Okay? I'm not ashamed. I may be ashamed at the time, but I tell you, oops. <laughs> messed that up. So. He's confident that they can do it. That the one who's threw you in confusion will pay the penalty. Uh, verse 11, brothers, if I'm still preaching circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? Okay, that's a good question. Why were the people continually after Paul? Why? Then if he was preaching the Jewish law to them everywhere he went, why were they stoning him? Why were they beating him? And trying to kill him. Why did he have to be let over a city wall in a basket? Why did they have to go and drag him out of the city and he's unconscious because they've stoned him? They were in bondage to the law. Because mm -hmm. they were in bondage to the law. They didn't want to hear anything else. That's why he said, if I'm teaching what you all already know, then why are you why are you persecuting me? He was teaching the word. Because he was teaching the word of Christ. He was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that they did not want to hear. Okay? In that case, the fence of the cross has been abolished. So, if he was preaching what the, what, you know how to put 11 to the top? No, you can show me. Okay, go down to the bottom arrow. Yeah, either are one of them, and just put verse 12 to the top. Okay, one more. Now hit that little box that got four boxes to it. No, 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 down, down, over here. Hit that one. See what it does? It brings everything else on the scene. So, if I'm teaching what you want me to teach about the law, I just voided out the Christ. 
Mm -hmm. I mean, Christ, the cross, everything that God did through Jesus, I uh, just abolished it. You don't have to be upset, son. No one's upset with you. You hear me? So, now you're going to get a tickle out of this one. Verse 12, y'all ready? As for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. I think in the original Greek it says mutilate themselves. That one says what? Mutilate them. Go and mutilate your own stuff down there. Okay? <laughs> Cut it up, Paul says. Tell them to go do their, do their own stuff. What is he saying to them? He's saying, I wish they would go and inflict pain on themselves. These false teachers. When people come up in the church and they begin to give all these different sermons about whatever case it may be other than the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, don't you, let me, let me clear up a, 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 a terrible myth. God wants to bless you. Okay? That's a real one. God don't want you poor. But Jesus said you will have the poor with you always. In fact, he told us to give to him have what? That has nothing. Why did he even tell Paul to tell the one who was a thief? He said, let him that steal, stop stealing and let him work and earn and that he also may be able to give to the poor. So why are we telling people God don't want you poor? I'm not advocating saying that when you get saved, God wants you to stay poor. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying is don't look for riches from God when you get saved. That's not the purpose of salvation. Why well, ask God to give me a Cadillac? You ask for the wrong thing. When Jesus said, ask for whatever you will in my name, it shall be done for you. For what purpose? He said, greater works than these you shall what? That means ministry. My Lord. It means ministry. Not for your own filthy gain. It's for the ministry. So that the ministry of Jesus Christ can what? Abound. So it can increase. So that people can get saved. Whew. But sis, these are the kind of sermons that are out there today. Another one is, all of a sudden, preachers are counselors. And they're preaching counseling messages from the pulpit. Why are they preaching the healing of Jesus Christ? The same Jesus that made the mind also can do what? Heal the mind. The same Jesus that made the body can also heal what? The body. The same Jesus that made your emotions can also do what? Heal your emotions. The purpose of healing, the purpose of casting out demons, the purpose of working miracles, the purpose of working wonders is all for the glory of Christ and God himself. Amen. Period. It's not about you. 
Amen? It's not. It's not about how famous I, the preacher, can get or how fancy words I can speak. It's not. It's not even about this teenage boy coming in Bible study late. <laughs> Pastor, you're just so silly. I love him. <laughs> but really, it's not about you and me. When are we going to get it in our heads that the entire purpose of the church is for Christ and Christ alone? Amen. He has generously invited you and I as sinners to be a part of his Father's kingdom. In order for that to take place, he must clean us up. He didn't clean us up and fill us with his spirit so that we can wave these flags and tell people, look at me and look what I've done and look what I got and put all attention on us. Jesus didn't even do that himself when he was here. He pointed everything to who? To God, his father. So if I seen a little hyper, so what? <laughs> oh. Okay, another late one. Okay. <laughs> I love you too, daughter. And so, everyone, as we get ready to close this out, you, my brother, were called to be free. Don't let anybody put you in bondage about your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let anybody turn you away from the Lord Jesus Christ. Not anybody or anything. What can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus? And then Paul went down the grocery list. Not this, not that, not even angels, he said, cannot do it. God meant that. So you were called to be free, but do not use your freedom as indulge the sinful nature. Okay, I kind of have a problem with that term, sinful nature, but we'll talk about that another day. But listen. Okay, I said a little prayer. I went to the altar, and I said, Jesus, come into my life. But then there's absolutely no change has manifested in you. That's not a saved person. Amen. Because the Jesus I know, when he enters a person, yeah. he changes them. Amen. And his Holy Ghost takes up residence. And when we do mess up, the Holy Ghost convicts us of that sin Amen. and helps us to repent with a godly sorrow. Amen. Hello. When I beat myself on the head, that means I know personally. Okay? He will not allow us to stay in that sinful condition. Because when we grieve God's spirit, it hurts him and it should hurt us. Because the Holy Ghost knows you better than you know yourself. Mm -hmm. All right, a couple more and we'll call it the night. And we had not even got to the good part yet. <laughs> no, all of it's good. So, Miss Vicky, serve Brother Amelia in love. 
No, it says serve one another in love. What, what number are we on? 13 says. So serve one another in love. I said to my 21-year-old, you gave your new car to Shelly? Yes, sir. Way to go, boy. <laughs> because that's the kind of love I tried to live out before my children. When he was a small boy, he watched me give a perfect stranger in Christ who was a Christian whose car had broken down, gave my car to that stranger in the flesh but not in the spirit, my car for three weeks. Just met that man that day at church, and the Spirit testified that he belonged to Jesus. And in return, that man gave me something that was so precious, money couldn't buy it. He gave me an American flag that was flown in Vietnam. And I took it and gave it to my uncle, who was a Vietnam vet on his retirement day from the military because <coughs> he had served two tours in Vietnam. I said, man, please don't give me this. He said, yes, sir, brother, I want to. He said, what you did, a perfect stranger, not only that, you let me store my stuff in your garage until my family could find a place to put it. He said, man, that doesn't come by every day. Mm -hmm. I'm not bragging on me. I'm bragging on Jesus. Amen. Mm -hmm. Because ordinary Sammy Nelson wouldn't have done that, man. You got your mind? Matter of fact, the man didn't even ask me to use the car. And when I told my wife, she said, you what? <laughs> she said, well, I, if that's what you want to do. But you sure you want to do this? She wouldn't mean about it. She just said, are you sure? I said, yes, sweetie. The, the Holy Spirit told me to do it. Okay. She said, you know that we're going to be down to one vehicle. I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and we were for three weeks. But God made a way. Okay? So we'll stop there. And we'll pick up Lord's Will in verse 14 next week. And we'll march on. Because he got some things he's going to point out to us that we need to absolutely hear. All of it we need to hear. But he's going to target some areas of our lives in this next session that needs to be touched. My life, your life. And the people that's listening to this around the world, I hope it's still recording. Praise God it is. And here's our message for those that's listening and other parts of the world. Jesus Christ did not come here to die on the cross to redeem us, that is to buy us back with his own blood, for us to stop somewhere along our walk with him and go to a false god. He didn't die for that reason. And God certainly did not have his son crucified for that reason. So we're saying to you collectively, everybody say amen. Amen. That trust Jesus through your entire journey with him. Life's going to get tough. 
But Jesus knows all about toughness. Amen. He knows about toughness. And Brother Dave is just walking in. And he's walking upright to God be the glory. And he's smiling. He's trying to smile too. Look at him. <laughs> right on time. He come at the end of Bible study to God be the glory. And he's, and he's eating the, what are those things? Oh my goodness, he is feeling better. To God be the glory. All right, anything anyone want to say before we close out in prayer? Trust the Lord Jesus Christ with your life. Don't turn back because somebody wants to persuade you to stop believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only way to salvation. And when he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, he meant it. And just in case you don't get new flesh, it's written in heaven. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for a wonderful time and your, your fellowship, your presence, your teaching. And thank you, Lord Jesus, for blessing Mr. Dave to get up and walk and move about and have his being. And Father God, thank you for giving us your son, Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving us the Father's grace. Because without it, none of us can be saved. And thank you for giving us your truth. So that not only that we're to believe in you and Lord God, but we're to walk with you and walk with one another. So continue to help us. Watch over Israel. Watch over our country. Watch over your church around the world. In your precious name we pray. Amen.